Welcome to Do I Need My Racket podcast, brought to you by In Her Name Foundation. I am Cindy Swain, your host, and this is episode number six, Beyond and Above. When I first heard the name Doreen Ingalls, I knew nothing about her. I was told by many that I needed to meet her. Those that know her would always start the conversation saying, I love Doreen Ingalls former players, parents of players, friends, and even those players that have played against her, all said the same. Doreen Ingalls is a Michigan High School Athletic Association Hall of Fame girls basketball coach. She has won five state championships, been runner-up four times, has also won 14 regional titles, 20 district titles, and 16 league titles. At the time of this interview, Doreen was two wins shy of 500, sitting at 498 wins and 89 losses. Doreen Ingalls is and will be one of the most impactful girls basketball coaches the state of Michigan will ever have. But it's not about the wins and losses and championships for her, but more about what she can teach these young women that will help them in life. Doreen has coached at LaSalle High School in St. Ignace, Michigan, a total of 31 years, starting in 1992, coaching junior varsity basketball, and then in 1999, becoming the girls' varsity basketball head coach. She has coached one Miss Basketball, meaning the best girls' basketball in the entire state of Michigan, in 2003, Krista Clement, and one runner-up Miss Basketball, in 2011, Nicole Elmblad. Most coaches never have the chance to coach a player of that caliber, but yet Doreen has had two. I had to meet her. I could have done this podcast interview remotely, but I really felt I needed to meet her face-to-face. So I headed north, a three-and-a-half-hour drive, ending after I crossed the Mackinac Bridge into the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, St. Ignace, Michigan, a town of roughly 2,200 people. The drive, beautiful, bright blue skies, and lots of snow. I rolled into the LaSalle High School parking lot, a school of almost 200 students, unloaded my equipment, and headed for the school office. Admittingly, I was really nervous. I had no idea what to expect next. For a moment, I thought, How was Doreen going to navigate all this snow from a wheelchair? And then I chuckled. She's lived here most of her life. She's used to it. And they measure snow by the foot here in the Upper Peninsula. And from what I've been told, there is no obstacle too great for her. I walked into the office, gave them my name. They were expecting me. Was led to a small conference room down the hall that was warm and welcoming but not as warm and welcoming as what happened next. I unpacked my backpack and started to arrange my podcast equipment, and in she came, Doreen, on a scooter, not in a wheelchair, right leg bent, fixed in a brace, left leg pushing her forward. Yes, that's Doreen, from what I've heard, always moving forward. I thought, there she is, right in front of me, an icon, right in front of me with a huge smile 
and kind eyes that I swear saw instantly into my heart. My nervousness melted completely. We sat next to each other at the corner of the table. I thanked her for meeting with me, and what happened next was almost magical. Doreen reached for my hands, like I'm sure she's done countless times before for others, held them in hers and looked at me. I'm really happy to meet you too, she said. Warm, genuine. Wow, what a gift. I imagine that freshman, new to basketball, standing in a layup line, knees shaking, palms sweating, worrying about clanging her first layup on the bottom of the rim, and Doreen, reaching out for her hands and holding them in hers, and that freshman, no longer nervous or afraid. Our interview started at 2. 2.55, the bell rang. We kept going. Time flew. And my only regret? I wished I'd had more. I imagine many feel that way about Doreen, wanting more time with her. That one more year in high school, that one more basketball season, and yes, just one more game. At 4, Doreen was helping set up for Hooping for a Cure, a foundation her and her husband, Doug, also her longtime assistant coach, founded in 2009 in honor of both of their mothers, whom they lost from cancer in their 50s. To date, Hooping for a Cure has raised over $340,000 for the Mackinac Straits Hospital Cancer Care Unit. It provides blankets, blanket warmers, recliner infusion chairs, and meals, housing, and travel expenses when patients have to travel downstate or over the bridge to Lower Michigan for treatment. But tonight was different. Tonight was also about her husband, Doug, that has just recently been diagnosed with the most aggressive form of prostate cancer and is currently undergoing treatment. Yes, this night was something more. It was about basketball and not about basketball. It was about the Dorian Ingalls we all love. It was about touching, reaching, teaching, sacrificing, and facing obstacles together. It was about going beyond and above. Today, my guest is Doreen Ingalls. Doreen, I'm really happy to have you here. I am doing this recording at the St. Ignace High School, LaSalle High School in St. Ignace, Michigan. And today is a really big day for Doreen because it's hooping for a cure. Welcome, Doreen. Well, thank you so much and welcome to the UP. Yeah, it's a beautiful drive up here for sure. So, Doreen, I, you know, we talked before this interview, um, about all your accolades, and I'm kind of kind of go over a few of them, but uh, the lo- the list is long, and there are a few that really stand out to me. You've been coaching now since 1999, so for the tw- varsity, mm-hmm. 24 years. Yep, at the varsity level. At yep. the varsity level, mm-hmm. and you did how many years before pre varsity? Several. 92. Since 92, mm-hmm. she's been coaching for 31 years, 24 years at the varsity, and seven years prior to that at the junior varsity level basketball in St. Ignace, Michigan. So Doreen, 
tell us a little bit about yourself, what, where you are now in life and what's going on today in 2023. Well, um, my husband and I both coach the, uh, he coaches the boys and I coach the girls varsity teams in basketball, basketball. Yes, ma'am. And we pretty much that's, that's a big part of our life. You know, we have two boys, uh, one's in college, Jackson Ingalls, and, uh, one's currently a junior at high school, Jonathan. And, uh, so they love the game in different ways. Uh, Jackson's a referee and he does that, I think, uh, four nights a week down in Grand Rapids area while he's at Mm -hmm. Grand Valley and, uh, Johnny plays a bunch of sports, but he loves basketball and football and track and golf. Yeah. Well, you know, I've heard a lot about you from different people that I know in the community. And what stands out is the fact that you are such a proponent of basketball, especially for girls, getting them out to play. And on a funny side note, in our previous conversation before we started this interview, you were hoping that one of your boys (laughs) would play basketball, right? Yeah, both of them played. Um, You know, Jackson, the older one, he he played. He's very smart. He knows the game. Um, He didn't put a ton of time in outside of the, you know, the season and did some, you know, the minimal stuff that you could, you have to do. But I heard the ball bouncing around and I was just outside so in the outside driveway. in the driveway. Yep. I was so excited. And I'm like, Oh great. He's working on his post moves. And I go to open the door and I look out. Nope. He was practicing his jump ball. He's throwing it up in the air and letting it bounce. So and- he could be a referee. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Which he does today. I think yep. that's such a great story. So let's just talk about some of your accolades here. So currently at St. Ignis High School, you have, you're two wins shy of 500 wins. You're at 498 wins and 89 89 losses. Um, Five finals championships won, four runner-up finishes at the state level, 11 times to the state semifinals, 16 conference titles, 20 district titles, and 14 regional championships. Tell me about that. Um, Well, as you know, basketball is a team sport. Um, We're a big, huge family. We've had so many people helping that, you know, not just the coaches, but the parents and then the volunteers that help with the elementary program. Um, There's just a, it's a buildup and these kids, they buy in at a young age and they're just, you know, it's just been a blessing. We've, we've coached so many amazing people and who have gone on and just done amazing things out in the workforce, you know, doctors and nurses and, you know, there's just so beautiful. They have, they send you the pictures of their babies and it's just, it's just amazing. And it's just, it's a big family and, and, you know, you can get all the accolades and state championships that nothing compares to when you watch them get married and see them become moms for the first time and understand that, that, that inherent love that they'll, they never knew they had inside their heart. And it's just outstanding. And I just, I just, that's the best part. That's better than any trophy you can get. And I think that that's kind of the word about you around the state and people that I've talked to. It's not necessarily the championships and the wins, but it's what you teach those kids to go forward in life. The inner strength and, and to, to know that they can make it through anything. We've had different levels of uh, intensity as coaches, you know, as you grow older and you get different, you know, we get kids that come back and go, your practices are so much easier than when we played, you know, because they always <laughs> come back and talk to our kids. But, you know, I had a girl uh, a few years ago, Jesse uh, Frazier, she went off to um, boot camp and, you know, in the military. She, in the military and she was like, 
all, and she wrote me a letter and saying, man, I was, I was whipping through this stuff and then these other girls are having a hard time, but not me. You prepared me for this. This is awesome. I felt so good. And so I, that just made me smile mm-hmm. and I'm just so proud of her. And, uh, but that's, you know, they, they, it's not just about the physical, you know, things that they can overcome, but the mental things you got to sometimes get challenged and, and they, they know they can do it. And, right. um, they, they find that, you know, that self-confidence and there's nothing better when you see, see a young woman, you know, be able to move on in their life and then fight through some really difficult times and then, you know, see the other side of it and know that they, they can make it through anything. Yeah. So if you, you could think of like one, <laughs> Got the school bell, <laughs> which is great. Um, so if you can think of like one moment in coaching that really comes to mind, that, that moment, that special, you know, kid or moment as a team, what, what would that be for you? Well, um, we've had, uh, there's this young lady, Autumn Orm, and she came up to me and said, coach, um, I would like Autumn to take my starting spot because she doesn't get the start and I want her to start. And that's, you know, can you please give her my starting spot? Oh, wow. And that was Abby Oseman. And, and I just, my heart just, I mean, I just cried right then and there in Cedarville's gym. Just, it was just beautiful. And, you know, that's when you know that your team is special. Yeah. And, it's and no, that's how you mark success. Absolutely. And, and I can see it in your face now. You're yeah, almost I, crying. I, I do. I do. Just thinking back because that particular team had to come back in the semifinal 14 down against Frankfurt and together they clawed back and then also 21 down in the finals and came back with a state championship. Not so much about the trophy, but it was about together they can and they gave it up for each other and they just sacrificed for each other. And they just, it was just, it was about the team and it was beautiful. Yeah. And you know, that is what life is, is you have to be uh, work together. Yes. You know, even in the workforce, you work as a team mm-hmm. and, and sometimes you have teams that you don't really get along with or don't like. Right. And right. sometimes you have teams that you do. And when you do, that's when you win the championships. It's that's when you have a successful you know, and, professional life. And there's different definitions of championships. I mean, my first year coaching, um, you know, we had, uh, it was 99 varsity level. And, uh, and I think Abby may have heard some of these stories as she grew up, but my first varsity team, we were going down and it was at central at the time and central um, Michigan, central Michigan. And the, I wouldn't say the third game of the season, it was very early. One of my girls, um, tore her ACL. So she didn't get to play mm-hmm. in that first uh, state championship. One of your main starter, players, she starter. was a starter, okay. and so um, we had six girls that you know rotated. So we alternated. Mm-hmm. So that following year, we went. We had the same, pretty much the same group back uh, with with a freshman. Krista Clement took Randy Johnson's because uh, we won that year with Randy Johnson leading the way. In the, in the year that year was the ninety nine, and so then the two thousand year, the girl came back from her injury. Okay. And um, it was a really close knit set of um, seniors. And so uh, one of the girls, she was a junior when she got injured. um, We were alternating. We had six again. So we alternated starters. And as it worked out, uh, Kate Ruig was supposed to start. And she goes, coach, I want Carolyn to start for me because she didn't get to participate in this. So this 16, 17 year old girl gave up her starting for the semis and finals for Carolyn. That's pretty amazing. It was, I mean, I bawled right on the spot. I mean, yeah. like you have, and it was just such a beautiful sentiment. Because, you know, I kids that age, they are yep. more self-focused than anything. Yep. And it's, it's, it's about them. Yep. 
Um, they do. I always tease. They do grow out of it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> when it, they go it, away to college, just, it was just it yeah. was just something that took your breath away. Oh and, yeah. And a 16 year old girl who was only a sophomore at the time came up to me and said, "I gave my medal to to your mom because wow. that that was the last game that she was able to." watch because she had passed from brain cancer and right. they knew the struggle and I, I gave it back to her at my mom's funeral when they came down to Detroit for it and it was just you know you're in the right spot yeah. when you have we have kids and that's what I mean it's it's not about coaching it's it's about these kids and what they're capable of and the love that they share yeah. for each other and it's just phenomenal yeah. it, and I, I've been a blessed to be a part of it yeah I could I can see that love in your eyes and your heart <laughs> from here um, which brings us to this big day for you. Yeah. You just brought up your mom. Yep. And um, you started Hooping for a Cure in 2009 and have currently raised over $300,000 for cancer that goes to the Mackinac Straits Hospital. And it was inspired because you lost your mom to cancer mm-hmm. and your husband lost his mother to cancer. And so you started this foundation. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, both of them were in their 50s when they passed away from cancer. And um, there was a couple of moms that, uh, you know, Karen Fowler and uh, Kathy Marshall, their sisters, and uh, Karen and Charlie Fowler's son, Nate, is from Lowell. He was working down in Lowell and they had this pink arrow and she was one of the people that they were sponsoring, Karen. And so she was, you know, and pink sponsored. arrow is a pink fun- arrow is a football fundraiser, probably one of the first things in the state of Michigan. It was a huge event and there wasn't, there wasn't very many of them. So they brought the idea back to me and said, what do you think about doing this for basketball? I said, that would be outstanding. Yeah. And so we got together it, with the hospital administration, Rod Nelson, and we said, Hey, let's try to do this. They, they were all on board. And, and yeah. so that's how it started. And, yeah. and it's been amazing ever since. And just the, the communities just really buy into it. They're just so supportive and it's yeah. such, everybody's been affected by cancer. And so oh, yeah. to I, be able yeah. to support and, and stand with people. It's, if not directly someone in your family mm-hmm. has Absolutely. Had cancer. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm excited because today is uh, the day that you have Hooping for a Cure. So I get to stay and watch the boys and girls games play. It's, and I'm really excited about that. It's definitely something to Yeah. Feel. And I get to watch your son play. Yeah. Because uh, he's on the boys team. So yep. that's pretty cool. It, you started it because of your parents, but then something else happened this last year. Yes, it's that was uh, in um, well in May. Doug went for the. He's never really had a your husband. Yes, I'm sorry, my husband Doug. Yep, he never really had a doctor. You know, like a primary doctor. So he established with Dr. Sharon. Uh, part of Mackinac Straits Hospital, but he's his office is in Mackinac City. And so he went down and um, they just did a full workup on him. And, you know, but Doug's form was, was very aggressive. And, Which is a little bit more on the rare side. Yeah. And especially with that low, you would think that PSA level should be really, really high compared right. to what the, the aggressiveness and the size of the tumor that he has. And so, you know, we flew out to, um, you know, when we found out how bad it was and, and every sample came back positive and very aggressive, we flew right out to Chicago to the Cancer Treatment Centers mm-hmm. of America. And then some other people, we have a couple former players that are, one's mm-hmm. a neurologist at Michigan mm-hmm. now, and also another one who's an anesthesiologist at Michigan. So we're talking through them. And then we, um, I did some research and got a hold of the Rogo Cancer Center. Okay. And so we met with Dr. Des on the video and we decided that would be our best option. And he, they've been 
remarkable. They put him on some heavy duty cancer drugs and and trying to shrink down that tumor enough to maybe try to do radiation uh, okay. possibility because surgery was out the window was too you know impacted too throughout the yeah. yep and then so you know has shrunk en- enough to try the next step of radiation, which will happen this month. He'll be down a couple times in February. So so well, this is a big evening for you mm-hmm. because this will be the first Hooping for a Cure with Doug. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've, I have a couple friends that have just, one of them just texted me and said, I'm thinking about you. I know it's going to be, you're always emotional, but this one's going to be even more. And I'm like, I'm just going to go to nurse mode and just kind of, kind of just, you know, not... Not, not think let about that, it. Not, not think about it, just get through because I, I do usually do a lot of the, inter, you know, Mm-hmm. presentation of memorial jerseys and different things like that. So I, I don't want to really break down, but I, you know, people are used to me sometimes having tears and stuff, but it'll be a little bit different. And, um, you know, I, I know the kids are, you know, wanting to wear the blue socks for Doug. And, and so then I asked the girls, I was like, you guys don't have to, I just don't have the pink ones. And they said they wanted to. So both teams are going to be wearing the blue and blue white socks. socks for Doug. Yeah. Which is, which is very nice. I just didn't yeah. really want it to be about him. I wanted it to be about, the fund and you know the no cancer patient left behind. It's it's more about that than it is Doug. But still, internally, you're feeling you're you're feeling the full set of feels there. <laughs> oh sure. And, and one of the things that's kind of really interesting about this is that you know Saint Ignace is is kind of a, a small community. So mm-hmm. by providing some of the things that you do at the Mackinac Straits Hospital, they don't have to travel as far because yeah. we're a ways from or you know from here. From a, what? Where's the next biggest hospital that people would travel to if they had serious needs downstate to you know, you U of M hospital, yep. University of Michigan hospital, or. And that's what the fund is nice for because it'll help pay for gas cards. It'll help pay for, you know, some food, some hotels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, and it's when you have to go fight through all that, that's just one less thing for these patients to have to worry about, which mm-hmm. is, which is really, you know, they're not, they don't feel alone. They feel like, you know, people care about them. And, and that's, that's the main thing. That's the main theme out of this is that we're in it together. And I think that's the main theme for you for coaching. Because you tell your kids that we're in this together, not mm-hmm. just here on the court, but in the future, when you're, when you're out in life, when you're professional life, becoming a family, we're, we're community. And you don't always get that sometimes with some programs. Um, it's more about either the wins and losses, you know, and um, not so much about community. Right. And that is a really, from everybody I've talked to, from everything I've read about you and your program, uh, that just speaks out loudly. For yep. sure. We're stronger together and, and um, you know, they can make it through anything together. And that's, it's about the journey. It's not about the destination and it's, it's you just got to enjoy every day. Yeah. And if you could pick just like in an ordinary practice, say, <laughs> or a season, you know, do you, do you have like a, okay, this is what I want them to get this year, like a theme or uh, this is what I want this team. Cause every team's a little bit different. Oh yes. <laughs> Their personalities are different. And when you put them all together, it, it, it kind of morphs into something that you may or may not have expected. This year is definitely a team that I didn't expect. Um, they are a hoot. I, they don't, they're young. We're mm-hmm. very young. We have three seniors, but after that we have mostly freshmen and sophomore. And, and how many do you have in your roster? I have, well, eight. Nor- we have eight all time. And then I rotate some freshmen up. Okay. So right now, um, for this game, we'll have 11 dressed. Um, you know, and I think we have, uh, I believe four of those are freshmen and uh, four of them are sophomores. And then the three, mm-hmm. the three seniors. 
Um, and then we have a junior sprinkled in there. So I, m- I must be off one, one player, but they're, um, they, <laughs> they don't take a lot of things. Um, I don't know how to say this too seriously, but they, but they have a good time. They're and not as, not as intense they're as you like. They're not, they're young and they're learning. And my biggest goal is make your best better every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bring the effort and, but we were tied with Menominee and their home tournament and, you know, they, the day before practice, they did this, Hey coach. And I look over and then they're like, it's on here. And they all flop on the ground and just all together in unison. I'm like, Hey, whatever that was, Do, they're doing, doing something it on social media or they're just, to, just, me, just, to, just you. to me, just to me, just to be funny. And I'm just laughing going, I just hope it doesn't mean anything else. <laughs> that they're going to flop on the floor so during the go, game. Yeah. They wanted to. I, and Cadence is like, Hey, can we do that? I go during a timeout. No. How about after the game, we can do it when we call it all in and you can do it then. And so they did, but it's just, but that, that, they, they did crack they're up. Playful. They're playful. Yes. And during the game, we had a, a Scott Church, the sports reporter at Pickford, is like, they were just laughing. And it was kind of a close. I go, I know. That's just them. They just keep it light and keep it going. Mm-hmm. Whereas I've had other teams that are take everything really ultra seriously, whether yeah. you're playing a game of sorry or charades or whatever. They it's just, still the same intensity. They, they, they're like intense. And these oh, yeah. guys are like goofy. And yeah. But I think it's perfect the way they are. It's just, yeah. you know. And, and I think what also speaks to you is that um, one of the things that I've also heard is that you are really good at getting the best out of the player. Like what is what does that player have that can do for the team? What's their role? Instead of some coaches where, okay, this is what I want the team to do. Mm-hmm. And you kind of try to wedge a square peg into a round hole. You don't do that. You take your kids and look and see what you have. Okay, this is the kind of team we're going to be this year. We try to find roles that, you know, that they can do, that they can be a productive member of our team, whether that is, okay, you're, you're perfect at, you know, defense, you know, every year I've had a kid that I just throw in there for defensive stopper, you know, give me that energy. And then that feeds off. And we've got different kids that when they, they know their role and they love their role, they are, they're going to help your team no matter what. And, you know, this year we only have eight players. And like I said, we have some that rotate up when they're not playing full JV. Um, and so they, they all have different roles that they do. And when they buy in and they understand it's about communication. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've always had that, you know, Pink Lightning, Brooklyn Chambers. I mean, she, she came in and she, her job was to go get, you know, wreak havoc. I call them ankle biters. You right. know, you, you got to get out there and you got to get after it. And they did. And we had another girl, um, Anna St. Andrew, who in one of the state tournaments, we were in double overtime. We eventually lost that game, but we went into overtime because she got in there and she played less than a minute. But in that minute that she played, she grabbed the steal and gave us a chance to, you know, at least continue on in the game. And it just, you can make an impact in, in whether it's in seconds or minutes. And so make the best use you can. And then you just, I've played every position as far as I've been a star, I've been uh, you know, what I you call personally. a 30, 30, 30 player, 30 yeah. points up, 30 points down or last 30 seconds, my first, you know, year yeah, or two yeah. at college. So I understand that what they could feel uh-huh. and I understand what they could bring, Yeah, you know, so if they bring that sense of purpose every day in practice and in the game, you find ways to put them in, put them in. Absolutely. Just to keep them you know, that is so important for young people these days mm-hmm. because they, they do. They want to feel like they're important. Absolutely. They want to feel like they're part of a team. And when they do, it just, it, it, it's amazing the transformation. In when, when you see that sense of pride in themselves, mm-hmm. there's, nothing, there's nothing stronger, better that you can, you can see out of a kid. That's, yeah. You know, one of the things that's kind of going on right now, and we talked about this a little bit earlier as well, is it's getting harder to get kids out mm-hmm. and play. 
Yeah. What do you think about that? I think a lot of that has to do with social media and being judged. And, you know, you got when you're out there in basketball, for instance, that's you know what I know the most of. You you risk, you know, embarrassing yourself if you blow a layup in or front if of a you bunch travel of in front of a bunch of people. And then especially if you're not in your home crowd, you know, and and, uh, you know, you're going to get teased sometimes. And, and uh, but that's hard to ask people to do. And not only that with basketball, there's, you know, in, in order to not, you know, have all those air balls or turnovers or whatever, you got to put a lot of time in. And right. so, some, you know, people have to work, people have to do this. And we try to accommodate as much as we can, you know, have mornings, you know, different options for kids. And then, you know, we just try to do what we can to keep them going. But, you know, it's it's hard. It's, it's a it decision they have to make because they're working so much younger now. Yeah, they are. Do you think, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with finances. Mm-hmm. I think they have to work yeah. uh, for one. And I think also... Um, there are club teams out there mm-hmm. that are more marketing where they kind of go after kids. Hey, you know, you might be eligible for a scholarship if you come play mm-hmm. on my team. And th- the message that some kids are getting is that if they're not good enough to play in college or if they can't afford it, they don't go out. Right. And that's not what it's about. It's nothing to do with what it's about. I mean, uh, the, just the camaraderie and, you know, working together and the lessons learned has nothing to do with college athletics. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with whether you score baskets. It's all about, you know, working together, you know, for a common goal. And those goals can vary from team mm-hmm. to team. I mean, it doesn't have to be wins and losses. It's just, right. I mean, and just just watching these kids, you know, from different, you know, grades and then just gelling together and, and just kind of laughing with each other and doing everything, whether it's a goofy, everybody flop on the floor. I mean, but they're doing it together. You know, that's, 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 that's your battle right there. You know, they're doing it together, you know, so. My daughters, I believe it was her second or third grade team. Um, They had a young high school coach. It was really energetic and, and they had the play called the dog pound (laughs) where they all got down on their hands and knees and started barking. And the other team had no idea what to do, so they just stopped playing. And then, yep. so one of the girls out of the out of the dog pound just picked up the ball and ran and shot it. And the goals. <laughs> that is something this group would do in a heartbeat, guarantee. Uh, okay, well, I won't bring it up till after the game. This is you're just amazing, and you're so much fun to talk to. But there's one more thing that just people need to know about. So you do most of this from a wheelchair. Yep, I'm. Um, I've been trying to play around with this leg caddy. Of course, you know, I'm not covered. A scooter. And, you know, like, yeah, it's like a scooter type thing, but it's really not exactly something that's been approved medically. But, you know, I'm, I'm really the one that tries to push the limits. And, every, you know, when I have my left leg is strong enough, it's like about 60%, but certain times of the day I can use it a little bit more and then it gets to drop foot and maybe the danger zone starts yeah. from there. But, you know, I try to... Um, you know, you you gotta, if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to do with try to make my left leg stronger so that I can yeah. basically do more things, but there's Cause you are, not a whole lot that yeah. I'll not try. <laughs> yeah. You know, partially paralyzed from uh, childbirth yep. back in 2005. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the majority of your career has been teaching and coaching yep. from a I, wheelchair, which is pretty amazing. Cause I don't know if enough, I, I, you know, being a physical therapist, um, I, you know, understand the rehab part of that. It's, it really is a testament to you to still have that strength and courage and desire well, to it, continue. It, it's been, it's been a, you know, the beginning part of things, you know, there was like a mental thing that you had to get over the fact that you can't exactly get out on the floor and demonstrate anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, you kind of struggle with 
you know, what can you actually teach them and, you know, show them and all that. But there's just so much more outside of the, you know, the physical that you can help people mm-hmm. with. I mean, Jody Langstaff, who's graduated back in 2009, I believe she, you know, she was one of the kids that would always be the first one to hop out and can I get your chair and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so you're teaching empathy to these kids and teaching them, you know, to think outside of just their own little bubble. Right. And, and, you know, and all these kids have, you know, we've taken them, you know, down to cancer centers and just kind of show them, you know, what things are all about. And it gives it a little bit more meaning for the pink game that we have. And, mm-hmm. you know, and also working with the, you know, the elderly at the Evergreen Living Center here. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, when you see these kids then go on to do that sort of thing, you know, Sarah Smith must- is, you know, said that, you know, those, those visits to the cancer center made her want to be an ER nurse. And it's yeah. just, you that's know, those, nice. that's what it's all about. You try to teach them things outside of their own bubble. Right. Yeah. You know? And, and I think that really helps. Cause I think, um, you know, so especially these days with social media, you can get so focused in your bubble and you see everybody doing all this marvelous stuff on social media, you know, like swishing threes mm-hmm. and making 10 free throws in a row, but you don't see the hundred practice shots right? or the 50 free throws that they <laughs> shot to be able to hit 10 in a row. And to know that there's something more to the game by taking them to those other places, you know, kids need that. They yeah. need to be a little nudged out of their comfort zone. I mean, it could be a pivot. It could be something that you just worked on. It was a two two foot jump stop, putting up strong or, you know, it could be any of those things. And it's just a little private celebration that you maybe have one on one with that kid and that you see him do that in mm-hmm. a game after you worked on it. It just they feel a sense of pride and joy and, and it's, it's outside of the, it's outside of the scoreboard. You right. know, there's little things that, you know, we're able to do as a team that maybe we didn't win that game, but they, they won different, different yeah. battles. And that, that's what's, that's what yeah. it's all about. You know, you know, Cause you and I grew up in a different generation, but could you imagine, you know, I, I've clanged free throws. I <laughs> missed the basket altogether. You know, can you imagine that'd be just plastered all over social media? Exactly. I'd be horrified. It would it would be a d- distraction yep. from playing. And oh, I know yeah. these kids have a lot more pressure with that. Absolutely. There's one other thing I think that just speaks to the testament of your excitement uh, with basketball. And we, we shared this a little bit ago was that you forgot at one point that you were in a wheelchair. <laughs> Yeah, talk about that story. Well, we were up uh, playing in the quarterfinals, or it might have been regional finals. Excuse me, regional finals, and um, it was back in 2010. And uh, Grace Wheeler hit a big three. We were playing Nagani. It was like a you know a tie game, and it was at the end of the third quarter. And she drains a three, and everybody just stood up and started to clap. Well, I tried to too. <laughs> so, but I just face planted, and so. And so we have, we watched film, you know, might've been tape at that point. Might've been yeah, actual probably video tape. And, um, and so we just kept, we went over to Emily Hepker's house and watched film and had dinner and all that stuff, getting ready for the quarterfinals. We just kept rewinding my face plant. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh, we just, we just died laughing. It was just funny. And, uh, you know, other times where I try to call a timeout, I end up on the floor because I'm leaning so far over to get that timeout. And then just, you know, that's more of a, you know, it, but when, uh, one of my, former players, she graduated in 2013, Alexa Tebow's mom. She bought, she bought a, uh, or got somehow got a actual car uh, safety belt. To <laughs> strap you in. She gave, she gave that to me for the end of the year <laughs> gift. It was just, it was priceless. But question is, do you use it? Uh, no, I probably should. But she asked me once in a while, where is that safety belt? <laughs> but no, I, I end up on the floor a few times, yeah. a couple times a year, maybe. Every season? Um. 
you know, <laughs> sometimes I lean a little too far over okay. past my gravity level okay. and I just, uh, and I kind of hit, hit, hit the ground a little bit, but they, yeah. the girls are usually there to lift me right back up. <laughs> so, you know, is there anything that you'd like to add to this to say to those kids out there that are thinking about basketball or to say to those kids that, you know, what would you, what would you tell them if there's one thing you'd like to tell kids out there that may or may not be thinking about basketball right now? Just to try to, whatever it is, whether it's basketball or drama or, or whatever sport it is or activity, stay with it because you only have so much time in high school mm-hmm. and you're, you know, that's the old adage, oh, you'll have your whole life to work or whatever. You'd still, you could still can balance. Try to stay with it because it's that camaraderie of the team, of a family, um, you know, that's so important in just mm-hmm. learning how to work together. And sometimes there is a lot of self-sacrifice that you have to do. But when you do something together and you accomplish something, you know, that you set your goals towards it, there's nothing stronger in that sense of pride. I think um, knowing that you can fight through, you know, adversity and still rise above. And that's that's through life. It's, yeah, you know, they, it, they can take that into life because absolutely. that's life. Mm-hmm. You, you have adversity and yep. there are times where you're going to have to rise above it. Mm-hmm. There are times you're going to fall flat on your face. Mm-hmm. and Dust uh, yourself off, stepping on up. Yep, yep. That's how we, you know, came to the name of this podcast is Do I Need My Racket? And, you know, I've said this before is that that's life. You take your racket, you swing it, you might miss everything. Mm-hmm. But then the next time you hit it head on and you know, away you go. So if I had to ask you what your racket is, what passion. is your racket? Passion. Passion. Yep. You got to bring the passion. You got to bring the passion no matter what you do. And some of us are a little ultra competitive, whether like I said, it's a game of sorry or you know, whatever you're playing. <laughs> Krista Clement knows exactly what I'm talking about, Margot Brown. But um, you know, you sometimes get over competitive, but your passion that that drives. I can see that in you, just this interview. You're passionate from, you know, all the way down to the heart for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I am excited to watch the games tonight and thanks for taking time out and talking with me. And I look forward to speaking with you in the future because uh, awesome. you know Thank you. It was great meeting you and uh, what a beautiful day to come up and what a beautiful event to be a part of. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. I will never be able to find enough words to describe all that I experienced that afternoon and evening I spent with Doreen Ingalls in St. Ignace, Michigan at LaSalle High School watching basketball. The thought of all the hands she's held and hearts she's hugged goes without words. It was about basketball because that's what brought the community together and not about basketball, but hooping for a cure because that also brought the community together. Giving of oneself, sacrificing for each other, genuine loving kindness, and facing obstacles together. That night, the boys won their game easily and the girls lost by two points in overtime. But before the boys' game even tipped, per tradition, if there is an opposing team member that is injured and unable to play, that player gets an uncontested shot under the basket. The Ingendine player crutched his way onto the floor, made his shot, then a St. Ignace player did the same. The score started 2-2. Doreen explained, every game because we want everyone to be a part of the game. And during the girls' game, when a player went down with injury, unable to walk, Doreen slipped out of her wheelchair to a bench chair, gave her wheelchair to the staff, and they assisted the girl off the court. 
However, that wasn't even the most amazing part of what the players were involved in. Between games, both boys and girls teams from St. Ignace and Ingadine took the floor wearing honorary t-shirts with names on the back of someone they were playing for with cancer or someone they were playing in memory of. Doreen then presented honorary pink jerseys to families that had lost someone this past year. But that still wasn't all. When Doreen was finished, the St. Ignace community did what Doug and Doreen Ingalls have done for them for so many years. They held them in their arms, walking up behind Doug, wrapping him in a blue blanket, handmade, decorated with white ribbons with each player's name. St. Ignace, Ingadine, all on their feet, embracing each other, and Doug and Doreen, not a dry eye in the entire gym. After my interview with Doreen, I reached out to several former players, parents of players, and friends. Many, many of these athletes had gone on to play in college at all levels, and many now in careers that they say were inspired by Doreen. And the most important thing from all the stories they shared, it wasn't about championships, wins, or losses. It is what they learned to take off the court and into life. Although I couldn't reach out to all of you, but if I could, I'm pretty sure this is what you'd like to say. When you held us in your hands, we were no longer in the shadows and believed in ourselves. You let sunshine warm our faces and gave us confidence. You taught us to shine together because together we are always greater than one. You showed us how to be champions and gave us strength and courage and resolve even when we were not. We want you to know, Doreen, that you are our hero in everything we'd like to be. Because of you, we made our best better every day and can fly like eagles. Because you are and always will be the wind beneath our wings. Some things may have gone unnoticed, but all of us hold you in our hearts. We want you to know just how much we love you and would not be here without you. Did you know, Doreen Ingalls, that you are our hero? Everything we'd like to be. But now, we want you to fly, to fly like an eagle because we are the wind beneath your wings. Reaching, teaching, touching, going beyond and above, together just like you taught us.
that acoustical guitar version of Wind Beneath My Wings is by Steve Petronak, Love Song Lullabies. Also would like to thank Tudor Big from Big Sound and Lighting for editing and producing this podcast and for producing the original theme music. For more information about In Her Name Foundation, visit our website at inhernamefoundation.org. Join us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our newsletter or make a donation. We look forward to meeting all of you again and sharing our next episode of Inspiration. Until then, see you next time and be prepared to bring your racket. <laughs>